Be True Chronicles by J.S. Blue Chapter 4 Colonel Rise The second Be True was safely inside the cave, Brick, who was sitting anxiously beside the entrance, pulled a lever, releasing a circular wooden door that rolled into place to cover the entrance. All at once, the cave was pitch black, and Beetru had to fight herself not to scream. They could hear the deafening, thunderous galloping of the firehorns above them as they reached the edge of the river. The muffled pounding of over a thousand hooves was terrifying. And then, there was silence. Brick, uh, what's happening up there? whispered Beetru. Shh, whispered Brick. While the galloping had stopped, Brick and Beetru could hear the hoofsteps of one firehorn trotting steadily down towards the river. Be strong, child, and be silent, whispered Brick as quietly as he could. The sound of the hoofsteps moved past them towards the river and then stopped. Proceed to the next zone, exclaimed the firehorn by the river. The sound of its voice sent a chill down Beetru's spine. The firehorns began to stir above them and move towards the river. The vibrations caused large chunks of dirt to fall on Beetru and Brick. Within a few seconds, the firehorns had crossed the river and were gone. Brick struck a match and lit a small lantern beside him, revealing the cozy interior of his den. Beetru noticed a long bookshelf that stood to the top of the left side wall, extending to the back of the den. At the back was a small turtle-sized door. On the right wall there were three small pictures mounted midway up the wall in a line next to each other. The picture on the left was a painting of many trees in a wood on a foggy morning. The picture in the middle was a painting of the Great Plain, with the mountains in the distance. The painting on the right showed a sandy beach with the ocean crashing upon it on a stormy day. That was too close, said Brick quietly with a nervous smirk. We must remain quiet in case they come back. I've watched the firehorns perform sweeps on the plain for years but there's almost always some forewarning and clear sense that they will be coming, allowing those of us who live on the Great Plain to take shelter. A firehorn sweep is usually just a boastful show of the chairman's military strength, more flash than substance. But today, today was different. They were targeting us. Um, they were targeting you, said Brick, his eyes glowing in the candlelight. And they wanted both of us to see their fury unleashed. Beetru frowned. But why? What exactly do they want with me? What could I possibly have that they want or need? Asked Beetru, pleading with Brick. Brick pondered Beetru's question. The Queen told me very little, as she was in a great rush when she visited. She said she needed to find one of her eagles to deliver an urgent message to her daughter, Princess Artina. 
She said should anything happen to her to please keep an eye out for you. Before I could respond to any of this, Myla was suddenly just there, behind us. She laid her hands on the queen, and in a huge puff of green smoke, both vanished. When the smoke had cleared, there was no one there. Bichu looked at the paintings again. Brick, where is this ocean? It's on the other side of the mountains, said Brick. I once saw it in a dream, as I've never been to see it. Uh, few from these parts have ever braved the mountains for fear of the creatures who live in them. Plus, the mountains and lands beyond are all the dominion of the chairman, and he has sealed off access to his realm for many years now. What kind of creatures? asked Petrue. Yetis, said Brick in a dry tone. But yetis aren't re... Beatrice stopped herself from completing the sentence. Over the course of so little time, Beatrice had quickly learned that in this world, anything was quite possible. And what about this chairman? What's his story? Many years ago, the chairman was a beloved engineer, builder, and charismatic community leader in the kingdom of purity, an idealist seeking unity and peace in our world. King Walter took notice of his good work and named him the Chairman of Prosperity, a role designed to help the king understand better ways to provide for his people and build a fully sustainable society. And this worked well for many years as purity thrived as a society based on equality, shared wisdom, and compassion for one's neighbors. Most loved King Walter. What happened? asked Petru. Nobody knows for sure, but roughly thirty years ago, King Walter died to mysterious circumstances, and the chairman assumed control of purity. That's when the firehorns first began to appear on the plain. None of us had ever seen them before, and they are believed to be the creation of the chairman himself. But along with the firehorns came tales of the chairman enslaving all the subjects of purity to a life of hard labor and misery. Failure to adhere to the new ways meant imprisonment or accusations of treason and, often, execution. Beatru considered this for a moment. What happened to the chairman to turn him so bad? Brick shook his head and shrugged. Are the chairman and the Dark Scourge allies? No, they are mortal enemies. The Dark Scourge was once an apprentice named Jax, who worked for the chairman during the late reign of King Walter. 
Nobody knows exactly what caused the falling out between them, but one day, shortly after the king perished, the chairman determined that Dark Scourge was a threat to his rule and condemned him to be executed. However, on the day of his scheduled execution, the Dark Scourge, with help from a small team of former royal guardsmen who would later become the first red men, escaped from his cell before the sun came up. And then he vanished for many, many years. To build up his minions? said Beetroot. Yes, to build his minions and his army of red men to return to purity and to make it his own. It sounds like these people used to be good people and then the king dies and everything changes for the worse, said Beetroot, starting to feel slightly trapped in Brick's den. My belief is that something of great significance happened in purity. Something that changed the chairman, and possibly the Dark Scourge. And I believe this led to King Walter's death. I believe one of them killed the king. I have to figure out why I'm involved in this brick. What led me through the egress thing? What's the connection? I just don't get it, said Beetroo with a ponderous frown. What happened to your parents? Beetroo looked at Brick and shrugged her shoulders. Nobody knows. One night they left to attend a meeting with some of their work people in the city. They said goodbye to Dante and me and never came back. Ever. The police searched for them and a local news station even interviewed Dante and me at one point. They talked to everyone at mom and dad's work, their laboratory, but nobody knew of the meeting. So your brother Dante, he took care of you? asked Brick. Yes. Well, the court awarded custody of us to our Uncle Ben, who was retired, and agreed to stay with us so we wouldn't need to change schools. But he isn't around very often because he's always sick and in the hospital. So Dante has been my brother and my mom and dad. He's the best said Beetroo with a quick smile that turned into a frown just as quickly. I need him. He would know what to do next. I know this is extraordinarily difficult for you, and I wish I had more answers. It does not make much sense as to why you are here or why seemingly both the Dark Scourge and the Chairman are after you. What do you think became of your parents? Beetroo paused for a long time. I don't know. I've always felt like somebody took them away from us. I just feel that they're still alive. I can feel them still, somehow, Beetroo said. Perhaps you should go out and get some fresh air, Beetroo. Just go quietly and keep your eyes and ears open for the fire horns in case they head back our way. 
I'll prepare another plate of food for you, and we can start working on a plan as well, said Brick as he turned to pass through the small door at the back of the den. Just pull that wooden lever down again, and the door will open. Beetru pulled down on the lever, and the circular door rolled into the wall of the den. She looked out the opening and could see the river. There were no unicorns by the river or on the opposite bank. She took a few steps out of the den when something caught her eye. Directly in front of her, lying next to the river, was a large bouquet of yellow roses bound together by a single red band. A white envelope had been tucked under the band. Beetru walked over to the flowers, reached down and pulled out the envelope. She opened it up to reveal a small red card with a drawing of a lotus flower on the front in black ink. She opened the card and read the message. Lady Beechu, welcome to our great world. We've been expecting you. I would be honored if you would join me for dinner at my palace in the Kingdom of Purity this evening. We have much to discuss, and I am confident you would prefer a warm bed to sleep in tonight over the dusty floor of the Great Plain. Please do not try to escape or fight with Colonel Rise and my fire horns. They tend to get very hot-headed when people resist their orders, so it would be prudent of you to quite simply accept my invitation. I will explain everything once you get here. Best regards, the chairman. Beetru gasped. She read the message twice. Where are these firehorns? We have to get out of here, she thought to herself. Then she heard something that took her breath away. Oh, what say you, Beetru? Came a loud voice from behind her. Will you be joining the chairman for dinner tonight, or are you going to make this unnecessarily difficult for my battalion? Beetru turned around and found herself caught once again in a silent scream of sheer paralysis. Before her stood the entire Firehorn Battalion on the edge of the plain. They had not made a sound the entire time she'd been inside. Somehow the entire battalion had gone all the way back around, back across the river, to the same spot where they'd paused earlier without Brick or Beetru hearing them. The Firehorn who'd been speaking to her began walking down the grassy slope to approach her. His bright emerald eyes glowed down at her. Beetru was terrified. He was massive in size. Now that he was closer, she could see old battle scars on his gray coat. His mane was turning white. He wore a small saddle with a long rope ladder that nearly touched the ground. He was smiling at her in a way that gave Beetru a distinct chill. I'm Colonel Rise. I'm the highest ranking field commander in the chairman's armed guard. I am known to be trifled with, and I'd advise you to very quickly accept the chairman's invitation for dinner. 
outside of it being a distinct honor and privilege for anyone to receive such an exclusive invitation, there is important business at hand that requires your immediate presence in purity, said the colonel as he moved to within ten feet of Beetru and stopped. Had this been yesterday morning, when Beetru awoke in the wood, she might have remained in her state of paralysis. But talking firehorns weren't quite as shocking today, and she mustered the strength to take in a deep breath before looking the colonel directly in his glowing eyes and saying, The chairman sends you and your full battalion to find a nine-year-old girl? Why? What makes me so special? Colonel Rise looked up at some of the other firehorns with an arrogant smirk before turning back to be true and saying, I was afraid you'd do this, and while I admire your bravery in delaying the inevitable, I should tell you that continued failure to adhere will lead to your most unfortunate and immediate demise. The turtle can stay. He's of no use to us, and lucky we don't incinerate him with fire while he sits in his den. Bichu looked towards Brick's den. He'd been sitting at the doorway for some time, sizing up the situation. He now walked towards her to be by her side. What is the chairman's business with this child, Colonel? And if she's so important as to require a full battalion of firehorns to escort her back to purity, why would you dare to threaten her life? asked Brick with a tone and attitude that suggested he was neither scared by the line of firehorns nor the Colonel himself. I doubt sincerely that the chairman would be happy with you killing her. So please spare us your unnecessarily bold talk. The colonel's eyes tightened and grew narrow. Arrogant fools, he hissed to himself. He then lowered his head and shot a single ball of fire from his horn that struck the ground just in front of Brick and to the side of Bidru, creating a tiny but powerful explosion that sent both of them airborne. Brick back towards the den, Bidru sideways and into the middle of the river. Bichu, thinking as fast as she could while airborne, inhaled deeply and held her breath before going under the river's surface. She immediately felt the strong current pulling her away. End of chapter 4